the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Cuevado and Damian Colado. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Wow, that was fancy for a Friday. Yeah, you like that? I like that. Hey, today's first Friday. You know what that means? Uh, Yeah, rosary time. First Friday rosary. So join us if you're in the area. Join us at our Baton Rouge uh, office at 11924 Sunray Avenue to pray with us after the show. And if not, do it wherever you are That's right. at 8 o'clock, and mm-hmm. you can join us in prayer. That's right. I love that. Like 8.02, maybe. Okay. Okay. So, well, today is yeah. also the memorial of St. Charles Borromeo, so we'll start this morning in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Preserve in the midst of your people, we ask, O Lord, the spirit with which you filled the bishop, St. Charles Bermeo, that your church may be constantly renewed, and by conforming herself to the likeness of Christ, may show his face to the world, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Charles Bermeo, pray for us. Pray for us. Join us for the Patriotic Rosary daily at 12.30 p.m. Central Time on Catholic Community Radio, now through Election Day, which is only a few days away. And don't forget to go out and vote. It's so important, but it's also important to pray for our country. We have a great show for you today, starting off with Eric Miller. He's a state advocate for the Louisiana State Council with the Knights of Columbus. Today, he joins us to give us an update of what the Knights are up to. And this is their busy time of the year. They're always busy, but this is their busiest time of the year. They love helping other people and gathering the community together. So looking forward to hearing an update from Eric about that. Carrie Davison joins us in 18 minutes. She is the founder of Holy Heroes and an author of the new book called Praying to Holy Angels, Angel of God and St. Michael the Archangel, Prayers and Sacred Art for Young Children. This is so cute and possibly a really great Christmas gift. So looking forward to hearing from Carrie. In 35 minutes, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins us. And in 48 minutes, Josh McCaig joins us. He's a director and co-founder of Catholic Healthcare Leadership Alliance. Today, he's going to be talking about religious liberty and conscious rights in medicine. So a very important topic and something that I think we could all use a little bit more uh, information about. So uh, looking forward to these great guests. And Damien, I know it looks like it's going to be kind of rainy this weekend, but still looking forward to a weather report from you. Kind of warned everybody (laughs) yesterday, and it's coming true to form. Today, the clouds are going to continue to multiply. Rain, though, looking at the radar, doesn't look as though it's going to get into our area, meaning Baton Rouge, New Orleans, the Gulf Coast, until later today, maybe even after you get home. Uh, But boy, when it gets here, look out. The skies are going to empty and a 100% chance of rain tomorrow for all the football games. 
feel free to go. But boy, you better bring some covering and some protection because you're mm-hmm. gonna. There's a hundred percent chance you're gonna get wet sometime during the day. That rain will continue into Sunday morning and hopefully clear out before lunchtime. Uh, winds are going to pick up as well. Southeast winds right now, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Patchy fog even in some areas, despite having windy yeah. conditions. Uh, the outlying areas of the big cities uh, have some fog, so be careful in your commute this morning. Otherwise, uh, high is going to be... Uh, Today, 83, uh, but tomorrow temperatures drop by 10 degrees when that rain gets here. Drop down to 73 and a low 65. Mm. Then everything goes back up to mid-80s and low 60s for your highs and lows. Temperatures in and around the area, basically right around 70 degrees. It's 5 after on Wake Up. Good morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 16. Jesus said to his disciples, A rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? He replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for fifty. Then to another he said, And you, how much do you owe? He replied, One hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Write one for eighty. And the master commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than the children of light. And welcome back to Wake Up, 8 after the hour. Thank you, Father Chris. Speaking of good stewards, that's the Knights of Columbus, folks. Eric Miller, state advocate of the Louisiana State Council of the Knights of Columbus, is with us for his monthly update. Good morning, Paisan. How you doing? Good morning. Thank you for having us. Glad to have you. So, what's at the top of the agenda before I start asking you all kinds of questions? <laughs> well, we've got a lot going on this month and uh, into next month. Uh, tomorrow, we're having uh, one of the memorial masses um, that various dioceses host throughout the state. And tomorrow is Baton Rouge's diocese. Uh, Memorial Mass at St. Patrick's at 3 o'clock, and so that's when we uh, honor and remember those who have passed uh, in the prior year. Okay. Uh, So we have that going on. We also have our nine-ball tournament um, tomorrow, uh, November 5th, at Max's Pool Hall in Lafayette. So if you'd like to go see some pool sharks, head over (laughs) to Max's Pool Hall and see those. That, that's right. Well, uh, will you guys wrap up before the LSU Alabama game, or just keep playing through it and watch? Uh, they will probably speed. They will probably speed it up. Yes, they will wrap up before before the game for sure. Okay. Uh, we. What else do we have going oh, you on? You got the month? soccer we, challenge uh, getting coming underway, and that'll be in Baton Rouge uh, beginning next it, uh, week, it's right? On Sunday, November thirteenth. So, yeah, a week uh, from Sunday, it'll be at the Burbank Soccer Field on the back 
field. Um, starting around nine, eight thirty-nine, we do set up. I think the contest starts around ten, uh, so that'll be all the winners throughout the state will be there trying to score high enough to to move on to the national and international competition okay i was wondering yeah so that is where everybody now the districts or the regions are going to come together next week that's that's when you're going to see a lot of talent and and the best move on to to the national tournament right correct correct and uh on uh, november 26th uh, this is up your alley. We have the sixth annual blessing of the bikes. Uh, hey, hey. at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Gretna on Sixth Street at one p.m. So if you've got a a motorcycle, you might do bicycles. I don't know, but it's yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you ever have people show up with uh, pedal bikes? Uh, scooters, yeah, scooters. Scooters, um, okay, yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's motorized. <laughs> it's awesome. That's right. That's yeah. right. But that's important. Um, you know, you, you you people go, oh, yeah, blessing of the bikes, you know. Hey, I'm not a motorcyclist, but I, I love watching them. I, I did grow up riding them, but, but have stopped once I got to a certain point in my life. And the, mm-hmm. uh, the blessing of the bikes is important because safety is key, and that's really w- one of the reasons y'all do that. We do. We do, and, and we appreciate all the priests who do that for us um and it's a great honor and it gives us some some solace some uh um, yeah you know resolve I, that our bike has been blessed and, yeah you know, we all have angel bells on the bikes but uh mm. to catch the gremlins off the road but uh that's a, another added that is you of, didn't know that I didn't, huh? I didn't know what's an angel bell it's an angel bell that has to be given to you by someone that loves you you can't buy your own okay. and so one of my daughters bought mine uh, and you put it low on the bike, uh, usually at the bottom of the frame, and it's got a bell. And uh, uh, the theory is it catches the gremlins, bad gremlins, off the road into that bell. And when it rings, it disperses them, and it protects you as you ride. I love cool. it. Isn't that nice? I love it. I, did not, I was not familiar with that. You learn something new every day on Wake Up. For sure. That's for right. Sure. Hey, wow. now, now for those who are more academic inclined instead of athletic inclined, you have the essay contest. The essay contest is coming up uh, December 5th is the deadline for councils to submit their winners to their diocesan administrators. Um, we also have the poster contest going on. Um, and so that is due the deadline for the councils um, to conduct their contesters by December 10th. And you can go to louisianakc.org uh, and get information on those contests. Hey, I bring that up because a lot of the schools participate, and mm-hmm. I just like giving them a heads up. Nothing worse than getting caught the last day before the entry, mm-hmm. and you're scrambling I, to write I, an essay, right? So we've right. given them at least a week and a half notice. So, And our fourth degree is busy uh, grading our patriotic essays. So in Baton Rouge, uh, the schools, um, high schools participate in the patriotic essay. Uh, contest and so we've gotten those and we're grading them and due to turn them in early next week and so that mm-hmm. is going on um, we also have the gumbo contest going on around uh, the diocese because mm. that state gumbo cook-off is going to be Saturday December 3rd uh, at our state family meeting so yeah, uh, yeah we've got the, a lot we've got the silver rose 
That's, um, yeah. The second part, the, the second phase them, started uh, October 30th, I believe. Just this uh, past yes. weekend. It just came yeah. in this past weekend. Mm -hmm. um, the second rose came into the state, and uh, so you can go to, again to our website and see what the schedule is uh, and when it would be. And uh, one of them will be in your parish and when they'll be having a, a program for that. So, yeah, we've got... Uh, Got a lot of stuff. My guy well, was cooking for LSU students on uh, nice. Tuesday, so uh, you know that's nice. Getting out there and doing what needs to be done. Yep. And uh, as always, Eric Miller, thank you so much, my man. State advocate for the Louisiana yep. State Knights of Columbus, and yes, God bless you too. And uh, another thing, uh, you know, the KC's produced that documentary on Mother yes. Teresa, No Greater Love. Yeah. Over 1.2 million at the box office already. So don't go too far. We have our saint of the day. You're going to learn a little bit more about Charlie here on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 4th. Today we celebrate Saint Charles Borromeo. Though born into the nobility in 1538, Charles Borromeo desired early on to devote himself to the church. As a bishop who lived during the time of the Protestant Reformation, he had had a hand in church reform during the final years of the Council of Trent. Following his important work at the Council, Borromeo devoted himself to his responsibilities as Archbishop of Milan. Reform was needed in every phase of Catholic life among both clergy and laity. He insisted that if the people were called to a better life, the bishops and other clergy had to be the first to give good example. Archbishop Borromeo practiced what he preached, allotting most of his income to charity, denying himself all luxury, and performing many penances. During the plague and famine of 1576, he often fed 60 to 70,000 people daily. When civil authorities fled Milan at the height of the plague, he stayed. There he ministered to the sick and the dying, helping those in want. The heavy burdens of his office brought on Borromeo's early death in 1584 at age 46. He was canonized in 1610. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It's 719 on Wake Up. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibno and Damian Colado. We are live on our YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube.com and search Catholic Community Radio and press the subscribe and hit that bell button. So every time we go live or post a video, you will receive a notification. Our next guest is Carrie Davison. She's a founder of Holy Heroes and author of the new book, Praying to Holy Angels, Angel of God and St. Michael the Archangel Prayers and Sacred Art for Young Children. Hey, Carrie, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Absolutely. Give us details about this book. I think it's so perfect to be introducing our children at such a young age, different prayers and just different things about our Catholic faith that they can understand at their age level. Yes, that's the idea behind this, is that children need to be introduced at the earliest age to all that is good and true and beautiful, and this is introducing them to their angels, who I think are some of the most uh, uh, underused uh, resources that God has given us, and um, this is a way to introduce it to them, and they can learn their prayers, and they can look at the most beautiful art in Christendom at the same time, and actually learn what these prayers mean. 
Absolutely. Something as strong and powerful as a St. Michael prayer that I actually pray with my son every night. I think it's the most powerful prayer that you can pray to protect your family and your children. Introducing this at such a young age, I think is such a great idea because it shows them the power of the prayer and the strength of something like an angel that is St. Michael. Well, and you know, children are, this is their friend. This is someone who God gave them from birth and will be with mm-hmm. them by their side their entire life and take them, and when they die, we'll, we'll take them to God to, to you know, when, when they have to stand before him. And so, you know, kids, they love that. They have a friend. They have someone they can rely on. They have someone who will never leave them and someone they can, you know, pray to when they have troubles and, they, and, and protect them. And, yeah, the St. Mar- mm-hmm. Michael the Archangel prayer is incredibly powerful and I also think that they love the idea, you know, and actually he's a hero. You know, he's like the ultimate mm-hmm. superhero. And so I think that, and if you look at this book, it's the pictures of St. Michael. He's, he's a warrior. You know, he's always in armor. He's always fighting. And that appeals tremendously to little children because that's what they want is um, superheroes. And we have them available in the church in the most beautiful way imaginable. And that's the other part about this is that, there's so um, everything for children is so um, is so fake, you know, all the cartoons and all of the and the and the actual mm-hmm. superheroes that the world puts out them. It's all fake. And this is real. Mm-hmm. And this is beautiful. And this is something they can rely on. And I think more than ever, that's what children need now is, you know, the good, the true and the beautiful. And and to know that this is it, like this is the real thing. And um, and I don't think yeah. that children. I don't. I don't think that people actually communicate with their angels um, the way the church intended them to, which is you know a daily. Mm-hmm. You pray to them. They help you. You ask them for, for protection. They have a direct line to God to help you. And um, mm-hmm. that's what this book is all about. Yes, most definitely. You know, and this is also paired with sacred art and sacred images, which is something I think a lot of Catholic adults are just starting to get into. I think that we're pushing more sacred art out there, putting them in our homes, making our home a domestic church, the theology of the home. So talk about this, because whenever we step into church with our kids, they're also seeing sacred images as well. Yes, and there's a reason that the church elevates these type of images above um, other images because they're actually beautiful and timeless. And mm-hmm. um, kids look at them and they're inspired. We're all inspired. That's why, that's why it's great art. And you look at these pictures Definitely. and you say, wow, it's a, just amazing. And I think it's really sad that um, we have the greatest art in the world and so much of it, and we neglect it and we don't bring this we don't introduce our kids to it. We don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm saying we in like a general, I mean, sure there's probably people out there who've mm-hmm. done this all the time, but I'm saying the general population of us uh, don't do it. And um, it's too bad because we have so much. And there's also, you need to, kids need to be inspired and drawn away from worldly things into sacred things. And this is, I think mm-hmm. one of the best ways to do it is to contemplate, to learn a prayer to contemplate what that prayer means and um, to look at something really beautiful and, and, um, and inspirational. And also Most in this definitely. Book, prayer, 
each each little section of the prayer is broken down. So if you don't know what that means, uh, at the bottom it oh. tells you what that means. It'll tell your child what that means. It'll tell you, and and that's also that. the beginning of the beginning of this book tells you gives a little introduction to the angels and who they are and why God made them. And I think that's very inspirational. To you know, when you think about that, it's really awe inspiring that God made an angel for each person before you were ever created waiting for you and that was your angel and that mm-hmm. is your angel and so you were planned for all time and uh, that's that's a pretty amazing thing uh, to think about as an adult and I think that's very comforting to a child. Mm-hmm. Carrie this is Damien and I am intrigued uh, not only with your book but when did you first become aware and encounter your angel? Because that had to be the eventual ins- inspiration of writing the book. Well, I um, actually, as a young child, but I really didn't grow up as a um, practicing Catholic. Hmm. And so I, I didn't actually understand a lot of this when I was little. I think I did. But later on, I didn't. And actually, when, um, when my husband, when we came into the church and my husband converted uh, and we have children, I've had a couple of... Uh, it grew over time, and I've had a couple inter- interesting situations where um, things happened, and um, I'm positive it was a guardian angel. And actually, I have this story when my <laughs> one of my children, we were walking down the sidewalk in the city, and um, you know, we, in the stroller, and kids walking on the inside of the stroller, and my husband and I were there, and one of our children at two years old suddenly decided to dart out between the cars, mm-hmm. like ran. <gasps> in front of the stroller, out, like, between the cars, and there were cars, you know, of course, we're diving, throwing ourselves on on the ground to get her, and suddenly, um, and the cars were coming, and suddenly she ran through the cars and made a right-hand turn up the side of the cars to go running alongside the car, you know? Mm -hmm. And the car that was coming down, like, you heard the, the slamming the brakes on, and and um, it was really a scary moment. And then this person who had just slammed her brakes on rolled down her window and screamed out at me, you can thank her guardian angel for that. Oh. <laughs> now, that woke you up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Um, thank you. Thank you, you, and thank you, guardian angel. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, this person was obviously terrified and angry and upset. And like hysterically upset because she almost yes. hit a child. Yeah. But she this she just screamed it out at me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. My goodness, so Carrie. Yeah. That's a terrifying <laughs> moment, but also it, it shows the power of our guardian angels, especially the protection over our children too. I'm so glad you asked that question, Damien, because that's such a powerful story. I think any parent can kind of like understand at some level how terrifying that moment can really be. Um, Carrie Davis and founder of Holy Heroes. I keep hearing about Holy Heroes more and more and more and more. What inspired you and your husband to uh, come up with Holy Heroes and start that? Um, well, he's, he, my husband had written a bunch of saint stories and had them and produced them and recorded them. And that was the start of it. But actually a lot of this grew out and that grew out of, and all of our free programs, um, which you can sign up for, for like Advent adventure at uh, holyheroes.com. It's totally free. Mm-hmm. And the reason we have these programs is because we were raising our eight children and um, we 
felt like we didn't know what we were doing and we lacked resources and things that we wanted to do and wanted to teach. So as we were teaching our children, we started developing these things. And um, so over time, this whole thing became became Holy Heroes and our saint stories and our free programs and our books and everything like that. So, yeah, and we've been doing mm-hmm. this for about 16 years now. So um, probably actually longer than that, but 16 years as Holy Heroes. So it's just, um, mm-hmm. it grew out of that and, and uh, a desire to spread the faith and teach our children. Wow, definitely. Well, I'm seeing that in uh, the press releases that I get from you, the new books and new resources. Where can we go to find out more information about your book called Praying to Holy Angels, Angel of God and St. Michael the Archangel Prayers and Sacred Art for Young Children? You can go to holyheroes.com, and at the very bottom are all our free programming that you can sign up for. Uh, Right now, Advent Adventure is about to start right after Thanksgiving. And um, mm-hmm. it frequently takes families unaware that they oh suddenly we're in Advent and they don't and, and I just go there and they can and all sorts of resources there to help you have a fruitful Advent with your family. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carrie, for being with us today. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. All right, you too. Have a great weekend. Great interview with Carrie. Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins us when we come back from the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Five minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Alicia Quibido with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. I can't believe it, but it's Box of Joy time, y'all. It's already drop-off time. So if you're not familiar with Box of Joy, it is a ministry of cross-Catholic outreach, Catholic Community Radio in our Baton Rouge office. We are happy to be a drop-off site. So if you have a box of joy or some goodies to send to a child around the world who is uh, impoverished, you can bring it by Catholic Community Radio. Check out our website at ccradio.live. You can find out all the dates and times that you can drop them off. And we have some empty boxes if you choose to and fill them. And what would one put in that little empty well, box? Well, you, you can do a box for a little girl or you can do a box for mm-hmm. a boy. Uh, you can pick the age. You identify that all on the outside. It is a shoe box, so it has to be yeah. shoe box size things. Uh, one came in the other day. You can fit a baby doll in there. Oh. Some school supplies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe even a little shirt or some socks, uh, toiletries, toothpaste, yeah. um, and a little bit of candy, but not chocolate. Yeah, that will you melt. don't want it to melt. Yes. So, um, yeah. so it's it's been fun, and I've heard lots of stories of people bringing their grandchildren to go yeah. shopping, which is always a fun. Coloring time. books and colors too. Coloring books. It's a little tight. Yeah. So if it's tiny, uh, but like yeah. a little yeah, tablet yeah. would fit. Yeah, but you got those tablet um, yeah. yep. coloring books. Yep. Yep. Or even writing pads. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So uh, these are these are right. children in third world countries. Yes, yes, so. they are. Yeah. So box of joy week that is this coming week. Drop them off at Catholic Community Radio. Check it out again. CCRadio.live. It's Friday, y'all, and that means Jeff Young, the Catholic foodies, joining us. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How y'all doing? Great. We are great. It's always a uh, a good first Friday for us. We're looking forward to praying the rosary together after the show. So I love today's topic, Jeff, because this is something that I don't know that much about. 
So you just roll with it. Well, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to talk just about uh, herbs. You know, Char and I were were talking about this the other day, and I think it's one of those things where it is, you know, we kind of, we learn things as we go, and so if you're never really exposed to new and different things, you mm-hmm. don't learn them, right? Right. And, uh, and you kind of get into the groove of what you know, and you just keep going with it. But it's amazing to me how just by changing up uh, a few herbs in a dish, mm-hmm. you can make it an entirely different thing. You know, and this yes. is something that we've been talking about and kind of playing around with uh, here in our house. And I'll give you a couple of examples, because I, I, I think we may have an Italian or two around. <laughs> yes, right? maybe so. And so let's just say, as just to throw this out there, <laughs> what are maybe one or two herbs that would be considered typical in an Italian dish? Oregano? Mm-hmm. Basil? Oregano, yes. Basil. There you go. As two of them that come to mind for me right away, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's not by accident, right? The, right. the herbs that we associate with different um, uh, cuisines and different regional cuisines, it's, it's not accidental because we, we typically cook with things that are on hand, right? Yes. And tomatoes are plentiful in, in Italy, and so what are some of the things that go well with tomatoes? Basil goes well mm-hmm. because basil has a, a sort of a almost a licorice licorice type or, or uh, even a clove type yes. taste. It could be sweet. It goes very well with tomatoes, with uh, mushrooms, with potatoes, with chicken. We use basil a lot in vinaigrettes. Same thing with with oregano. It goes it goes really well with tomato sauces and and meats, different yes. kinds of meats, and it, it, it pairs very nicely with lemon, you know? So if you yes. had a, if I recall correctly, I think last week it was, I talked about the pumpkin soup, yes. right? There's a pumpkin soup with, mm. um, with Italian sausage, or you could even do Italian meatballs. Mm-hmm. And so you have that base dish, it was soup. And to make it Italian, I would use oregano, basil, you know, the, the, something along those lines for the meatballs. But if I wanted to do it like I did in the cookbook, right, the, to make it into a Middle Eastern dish, what yes. would I use? Ugh. Different I, thing. Right? Well, first of all, I'd, I'd I throw can... some spices in there, right, like allspice and cinnamon and, you know, this, this sort of a, a, a different flavor flavor profile. Yeah. I'll give you another example. I know that um, when I grew you know, growing up in Baton Rouge, anytime I saw parsley, it was as a garnish. On a dish, on a plate, mm-hmm. right? It was the curly right. leaf usually, right? And so, yeah, and it was just there to be looked at. Mm-hmm. That's what it was there for. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Adding color to the plate, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right, and I, it, usually there's a lemon right there next to it. But I married this woman <laughs> who is of Lebanese descent, and so for them, this herb, parsley, which I always thought in my mind was flavorless, right? Yes. It was just there to be seen. And, you know, they mm-hmm. use parsley like crazy in Middle Eastern mm-hmm. cooking. And, you know, the, the typical thing is, is tabbouleh, tabbouleh mm-hmm. salad. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Yes. here in Louisiana, you look at tabbouleh salad, and you think, oh, that's like a, a tomato-y kind of a thing with parsley in it. But in Lebanon and, and a lot of, uh, you know, um, authentic Lebanese restaurants, if you get it, I mean, tabbouleh salad is typically, it's a, it's a parsley salad. Uh, it's parsley. Okay. It's got bulgur wheat in it, very fine mm-hmm. bulgur wheat. But we put tomatoes in it here and put a lot of tomatoes in it here because tomatoes are plentiful. We love them. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's, it's just a, a, very different, a very different way to go. 
But you look at some of the other things that we have, like cilantro. I know we've, we've talked about this in the past. Some people don't like nice. it because cilantro has a, it has a distinctive flavor to it. It does. Right? Yes. It does. It does have the kind of like that, like a freshness to it. But at the same time, it can almost taste. Mm. I've heard people describe it as tasting almost soapy. Yeah. Okay. You know, so some people don't. Hmm. It's like funny. People love it or they hate it. I, I, I've noticed that we yeah. like it in our family, but mm-hmm. but I know there are people who really don't care for it. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's as kale people. Yeah, my my wife loves it with Mexican food. Yes, yes, with lime. I love cilantro. So yummy. Yeah. And and coriander, Mm -hmm. coriander seed is is from the same plant, so it has the same flavor. It's just more, um, it's more subtle. It's not as strong as as the the leaf. Okay. So that's um, so that's just another another. Last week. We did something. We had Zelly was in the kitchen. She's so funny because she loves to cook. She'll get in there with her little apron and she goes to town. And mm-hmm. she's got real work to do. It's not. It's not like we give her a token task. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's in there cooking and helping. You know, she's yes. busy. Yeah. And we did for the first time. Char said she had never ever cooked with tarragon before. Oh. And we had a friend of ours who had a bunch of it and gave us some. Mm-hmm. And tarragon has this anise flavor to it. Yes. And she made a. Um, it was a, a, a creamy tarragon chicken and served it over some herbed mashed potatoes. Oh. And it was incredible. That's so You know, so silly. it's just a little experimentation. We could have done the same old thing that we've always done with chicken yes. and, the, and the different herbs. Yes. But to try it with, with tarragon, totally different. Which, which leads me to the next thing. It's an experiment. I haven't even put this up to a vote yet. Okay. You know how we are. We... We get something we like, we want to stick with it. Yes. And every year for Thanksgiving, we do our um, our pepper-stuffed chicken. Oh, I love turkey, that turkey. Right? The, that the is pepper such stuffed a good, turkey, yes. which comes out, I mean, it's like you can't do it wrong. It's well, fabulous. I guess you do it, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. I saw in uh, Cook's Illustrated, I was looking through that the other day, and they have a uh, an herb, they make a paste with herbs. Okay. And you have different, they give you different options in terms of your flavor profile. But you're going to roast the turkey with this 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 herbed paste, and this one has uh, herb de Provence and lemon. Oh, interesting! Thought, oh, oh, it just sounds so good. so good. It sounds so good, so I may have to bring this to the family council and see. Well, I don't know that that, 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 that the other year. turkey is so yummy and makes such a good gumbo after. So I don't know about the herbs de Provence and lemon in a gumbo after. Got to think that through. Well, that's true. Mm. <laughs> you may have to make a whole bunch of sandwiches. <laughs> I think you might. It's interesting that you mentioned tarragon I, because the only recipe I have that uses it is a friend years ago gave me a recipe for tarragon, a chicken salad with tarragon that's delicious. Mm. Um, but but it's not anything that I cook with. And you're talking mostly fresh herbs, right, Jeff? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think fresh is always best. But I agree. Again, there's no recipe police. And if, if all you have on hand is dry, let's go for it. Awesome. Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. Check him out at CatholicFoodie.com. Or he's also on Facebook and Instagram, Catholic Foodie. Thanks so much, Jeff. Stick around. Josh McCraig, uh, the uh, McCaig, director and co-founder of Catholic Healthcare Leadership Alliance joins us. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up.
happy, happy Friday morning, 48 after the hour. So glad you're joining us here on Wake Up. And with us now, Josh McCaig. He is director and co-founder of Catholic Healthcare Leadership Alliance to talk about religious liberty and conscious rights in medicine. And Josh, welcome to Wake Up. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, glad to have you, and and I'll have to be honest with you, I'm not that familiar with your organization. I do, uh, I, I read where I believe it started just the beginning of this year? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, Share with us why and, and what's the purpose? Why was it formed and the purpose of it? Yeah, so the Catholic Healthcare Leadership Alliance uh, is, is here, was created to be a voice for Catholic healthcare. And really an advocate for the message of hope that flows from, from Christ's healing ministry. Um, it was founded uh, by a number of organizations, including the Catholic Medical Association and the Catholic Bar Association, uh, the National Catholic Bioethics Center, um, uh, Christ Medicus Foundation, Catholic Benefits Association. So a number of organizations came together to build really a community that's focused on advancing Catholic health care nationally. Um, uh, CHCLA, uh, is here to support everyone involved in Catholic health care, from the individual patients to the nurses and physicians, all the way up to the largest health systems, as well as the, the bishops and the church. And we've, we've focused on really four core principles um, that are included in our mission, which include advocacy, education, evangelization, and mutual support for members. So it's, a, it's really a, a growing community um, that's, that's focused on, really focused on not just not just trying to protect Catholic health care and make sure that it, that it continues to exist, but we really want it to thrive. We want it to grow. We want it to expand. We want um, Christ's healing ministry to continue to be available for everyone in this country. So I guess my next question is, and, and one, I'm, I'm impressed and I'm glad you guys are doing this, uh, but my, the question that came to mind as I was researching was, were there issues or things happening where uh, Christ-type uh, ethics weren't taking place in the medical field or are not, and we just don't know about it, and here you guys are living it? Share with me, uh, you know, what did you see that was happening that allowed you guys, and, and I say you guys, medical professionals, administrators, to come together and form this uh, alliance? I mean, for, for a long time. Um, you know, there, there have been challenges to, for instance, conscience right protections for healthcare providers. Um, these, these ebb and flow, depending on which administration um, is in, in, you know, has power at any given time. Um, but but it, in reality, it impacts how healthcare providers are able to provide care consistent with their faith. Um, and that's, that's one factor that, that, you know, that played a role in terms of this organization being started. Um, another is the impact of government regulations on how health care is delivered and the impact that has on, on um, Catholic, Catholic facilities. Um, there, there's, so many, there's so many challenges to Catholic health care, both, as I just mentioned, from outside with the government, but also the pressures that are put on health care um, hospitals, on providers, on systems that, that challenge their Catholic identity. And while they're trying their best to maintain Catholic identity, they just have so much pressure and they need, they need a community, they need someone, a uh, group to help advocate for, 
for um, for Catholic healthcare and, and the, the ethic and religious norms, uh, moral norms that the standards that the Catholic Church holds to. Um, you know, there's so much focus on the negatives of Catholic healthcare in the news. I mean, I'm sure your listeners have seen over and over again the challenges and the, the criticisms of Catholic healthcare, um, the challenges to ethical and moral standards of the church that are just rampant. And while CHCLA is here to address what are oftentimes a misunderstanding of the Catholic faith, and, ed- and, and we want to educate um, the world about that, and, and also for various reasons, intentionally false narratives are put out there for the simple reason of um, being hostile to the faith. You know, our, our desire is to bring the light of Christ that exists within Catholic healthcare to the world. Yeah, and this is this is the opportunity for us to do that. Quite often, people forget that it was uh, those of the Catholic faith that helped get the hospital systems going in our country mm-hmm. two hundred plus years ago. Yeah, I mean the reality is, I mean you know one in six or one in seven. I'm not sure what the actual current statistics are, but one in six hospitals in the U.S. are Catholic. You know, and where society is becoming more and more distant from God. Um, Catholic healthcare provides an opportunity for those who are sick and suffering to not just experience the high level of care that Catholic healthcare providers have always brought, um, but to also experience the love of Christ and the healing that comes with it, not just physically, but, but spiritually, you know, for them to find peace and consolation in times of distress is, is, is really the hope that is Catholic healthcare. And we don't want that to be lost. You know, if, if, if Catholic healthcare doesn't exist, um, we, we lose that. We lose that hope. We lose that uh, opportunity to evangelize and, and show people what the what the power of Christ's um, healing ministry really is. Yeah. You guys now have a, sympo- a symposium coming up in Washington, D.C., I believe, next Saturday. Share with us which, what the goal is and what will be taking place. Yeah, so we're launching a number of initiatives. Um, this one is called the Symposium for the Advancement of Catholic Healthcare. So it's a three-year initiative. It's focused on drawing out um, all experts in the in the area, all areas of healthcare, um, as well as practitioners who have been there, administrators, religious who have, have been in this in this uh, arena for for a long time. And what we want to do is, we're our goal is to analyze the the history of Catholic healthcare. Um, look at the challenges currently, and then lay a foundation for moving forward. So we're really excited um, about this. It's, it's a, it's, again, it's a three-year, three-year initiative, and, and at the end of it, we really hope that we have a a, a solid um, guidelines uh, created to flow from this that will really help um, help provide some guidance to the church for moving forward. Yeah, and that's great. If people, in particular, medical professionals want to learn more, where do they go? You've got a website, I'm yeah, sure. We do at catholichealthalliance.org, catholichealthalliance.org, and you can sign up for our email list and uh, consider being a member. There's membership information on there. But the, and this isn't just for healthcare providers. I just want your listeners to know that, that anyone out there that would like to, to participate and receive information, get on our newsletters, we'd love to have you sign up and support us. That's awesome. Yes. Well, best of luck to you. I am so glad you're standing up for the mm-hmm. faith, especially in this profession. Can't lose sight of that. I'm, I mean, my first name's Damien. Yeah. He and his brother mm-hmm. Cosmos, we were, he was physicians, and they did it, uh, cared for, uh, without taking any money. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yep. I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up to be a doctor, but. <laughs> 
I guess I may have disappointed my parents, but hey, that's okay. I can play one on the radio. Josh McKay, thank you so much for being with us on Wake Up, and best of luck to you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. God right. bless. God bless you. you. Okay. Bye. Josh McKay, director and co-founder of Catholic Healthcare Leadership Alliance. Sounds like it's going to be a good cause. We need to yes. follow up with him periodically. You're right. Okay. Great. Well, good. What a week, huh? It's Friday. And everybody's ready for the weekend. <laughs> yes. So before yes. we go, we always say a little prayer. We do. And yes. here's a prayer most of us have heard at least once, mm-hmm. and it's the serenity prayer. So in the name of the Father, Son, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, amen. Mm-hmm. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Lonnie Thibodeau with the Bayou Catholic Magazine in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau joins us. Alan Migliorato and so much more. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.